Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that you've let me come right into your space. And today we are going to return to Galatians chapter 5 to continue looking at the works of the flesh. Ugh, they are so ugly, and we don't want to manifest these works in our life. And that's why I want you to have the whole series, which is called The Works of the Flesh, versus the fruit of the Spirit. It is a 10-part series that is just jam-packed with revelation about the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. And the subtitle says, You Choose Death-Permeated Works or Supernatural Life-Giving Fruit. Which one do you want? Well, this series will help you to make the right choice. It would be great for your personal study or to share with a group or with somebody that you are discipling. So order yours today by going online or give us a call right now. And be sure that you get the study guide that goes with it. This study guide is jam-packed. It is loaded with insights from the Greek New Testament. All the points, all the principles, everything in the series is in the study guide so that you can read it while you hear it or while you see it. And right now we're also offering you my daily devotionals, sparkling gems from the Greek, number one, look at that. People have read this all over the planet. Thousands and thousands of people use it as their daily devotional. And not only is it a daily devotional, it is a resource tool because in this there are more than 1,000 Greek word studies. And it's a daily devotional, so you just have to read a little bit every day. And by the end of the year, you would have walked through most of the New Testament with Brother Rick. It will just feed your heart. And if you already have volume one, then you can order volume two. Many people who had volume one said, we want more. So I dove back into the New Testament and extracted another 1,000 Greek word studies that are in volume two. So order yours today. And let me also remind you that right now on our website, we're offering our new autobiography called Unlikely at a Radical Discount. The full title says, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth, Unlikely. And there's the picture of me and Denise on Red Square. Who would have ever believed it? It was so unlikely. But God just loves to choose unlikely people and do something through them because then he really gets all the glory. And that's why God wants to use you. And this story, which is filled with teaching, will encourage you and make you realize you're the very one God is wanting to use. But I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Reach for your Bible, and today we're going to return to our anchor verse, which is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, where the Apostle Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm. When Paul says, this I say, the Greek words are literally lego day. The word lego means I say, but then he adds the word day, which describes something that is emphatic or something that is absolute or categorical. You could translate it, I absolutely tell you, I'm telling you emphatically, I tell you categorically. He's speaking in the strongest of language and he says, walk in the spirit. 
and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And have we seen this word walk is the Greek word peripateo. It doesn't mean hit and miss. Try to do it once in a while. This word walk, the Greek word peripateo, means to habitually walk in the spirit. It depicts one who walks in one general vicinity. It's become his realm of existence and therefore it can even be translated to live. You could translate this habitually walk in the spirit or live in the spirit. It really means we can live in the spirit. And Paul says it is the best way to guarantee that you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The words will not in Greek are the word ou may. The word ou is emphatic for no. The word may means no, but when you use the two words together, it is a double negative, which means you emphatically will not, which means if you're living in the spirit and walking in the spirit, you emphatically will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The word lust, the Greek word epithumia, a compound of the word epi, which is an intensifier. It means over, like one that is leaning over or yearning for something. The word thumos, which is the word for a passionate desire. When you compound the two words together, it pictures the flesh as having its own desire, the flesh having cravings, the flesh having carnal longings or yearnings. It is a picture of the flesh bent over, doubled over, yearning and hankering for something. And we know that Paul goes on in verse 19 and tells us that the works of the flesh manifest. If you don't get a grip on your flesh, your flesh will begin to manifest itself. That word manifest is the Greek word phaneros, which means to become conspicuous. What is in your flesh, all that ugliness hiding in your flesh will manifest. It will become conspicuous. And Paul calls it the works of the flesh. The word works describes hard labor or really hard work. It is really ugly what flesh produces. And the word flesh the Greek word sarkos, which describes the flesh, the carnal nature or base fleshly instincts. And then Paul goes on, and in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, he adds, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations. We've already covered these in previous programs today. We're going to pick up on the next four. He adds wrath strife, seditions, heresies, then he adds envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. But today, we're going to look at wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. And Paul calls these works of the flesh. And because this word works, describes hard labor, really hard work, that which is ugly. If you let these four things work in your life, it's going to produce something ugly in you and ugly in your relationships and in your environment. For example, the word wrath. Ah, this word wrath is the Greek word thumos, which is used throughout the New Testament to picture one who is boiling with anger about something. Although this person has tried to restrain his anger by shoving it down deeper and deeper into his soul, it eventually flares up, and when it does, it's like a volcano that suddenly blows its top, scorching everything within its reach. Ah, have you ever seen somebody blow their top and wilt everybody around them? Oh, it is such an ugly sight.
I've seen this on occasion. It makes me feel so sorry for the people that have been wilted by somebody's wrath. Maybe you have done this yourself. But when people get hurt and people get upset and people become offended, if they don't take it to the cross and deal with it, but instead choose just to shove it down deep inside, they end up meditating on their perceived offense. I call it a perceived offense because many times it's not really an offense. It's just perceived to be an offense. And the longer they think about it, it begins to churn and boil on the inside of them until they become more inwardly upset and they're inwardly boiling and seething. And they don't know what to do with it, so they just keep trying to shove it down deeper and deeper and deeper. But if those angry emotions are never dealt with by the Spirit of God, one day something will happen that will trigger their release. And wow, it is really ugly when it happens. Maybe it's happened to you. Let me tell you, those emotions don't go away. They just lie dormant waiting for the moment to be released. And when they are released, they spew molten lava all over the place. Ugh. Finally, something happens that triggers their release. Maybe you're with the same person that infuriated you to begin with, or maybe you're in a situation that is similar to a situation that once upset you, and suddenly you find those emotions boiling up and swelling inside of you, and suddenly you release a flood of vile and rank emotions that rise to the surface. You become unglued, and when you do, you end up speaking words and tones that you later really, really regret. And I know that you don't want that to be you. But Paul says, that's a work of the flesh. That is just a work of the flesh. He uses the Greek word thumos, which is translated as the word wrath, to describe this work of the flesh. The flesh says, just shove it down, shove it deep. You'll get rid of it, but you don't get rid of it, my friend. You have to take it to the cross and let the Holy Spirit mortify that from your life. Then he mentions strife next in his list. The word strife is the Greek word aretheia, and listen carefully as I read from my notes. This word strife, the Greek word aretheia, describes a self-seeking ambition that is more concerned about itself and the fulfillment of its own wants, desires, and pleasures than it is in meeting the needs in others. When this kind of strife, the Greek word aretheia, is working in someone's life, it means that taking care of himself and getting what he wants is that person's principal concern. This is one so bent on getting what he wants that he is willing to do anything, say anything, and sacrifice any standard rule or relationship to achieve his goals. It is a selfish, self-focused attitude that is engrossed obsessed with its own desires and ambitions, so self-consumed that it is blinded to the desires or ambitions or needs of others. It makes me think of someone that I personally know. And I have to pray very often to have patience with this person because when I speak to this person, this person speaks continually about himself. Sometimes I actually think it would be nice if occasionally you ask something about me, but this person usually does not ask a word about me. He just talks endlessly about himself, about his projects, what he's going to do next. It is amazing to me that a person would never ask about somebody else. He's just obsessed with himself. That's exactly what this word means. 
This is a characteristic that gives the impression that someone is conceited or someone that is selfish. And if you hear yourself talking nonstop about your projects, nonstop about your dreams, nonstop about your aspirations, but you never stop to inquire about anybody else's, <clears throat> it might be that this work of the flesh is working in you. Let me ask, do people know all about you, but you know nothing about them? That's a bad indicator. Are you mindful of others or do you expect everybody to be mindful of you? Are you thinking about how everybody else can be a potential blessing to you? Or are you thinking about how you can be a blessing to somebody else? It is simply the nature of flesh to be self-consumed. But my friend, don't let it be you. Paul says this is a work of the flesh. Then he mentions seditions. What in the world is a sedition. Well, it's a compound of two Greek words. The first Greek word means to be apart as in a separation. The second word means to stand. When you compound the two words together, it means to stand apart as one who rebels and steps away from someone to whom he should have been loyal. So this word sedition really carries the idea of dis. Loyalty, And this very word was used in Matthew, Mark, and Luke to describe Barabbas, who led an insurrection in the city of Jerusalem. His rebellious deeds deemed him as a notorious criminal to Roman authorities. He had led an insurrection, which in the Gospels is translated as the word sedition the very word that we're looking at in this verse. He led a sedition. He defied the powers. He rejected their authority. He stepped away from their rule, taking other rebels with him. And that's very important because usually when a person gets involved in sedition, he never rebels by himself. He always takes people with him. He gathers a crowd of other people who also are offended. He begins to form a group and together they walk away from authority. This is a sedition which Paul lists as a work of the flesh. And my friends, it's just the nature of flesh. Flesh hates rules. Flesh hates regulation. Flesh hates any authority that is imposed upon it. This is why children rebel against parents. This is why employees rebel against employers and churches rebel against pastors and countries rebel against their leadership because it is the nature of flesh to be seditious. This is the reason why a beautiful little baby a beautiful little baby will take a bowl of food and throw it across the room. <laughs> you even see a child behave like that, and you think, how in the world can a child behave so badly? That beautiful child has just done something so ugly. But the reason that child has behaved like that is because that child is dressed in something called flesh. And when flesh has its way, it is rebellious. It is seditious. It's just the nature of flesh. But it really also carries the idea of disloyalty, stepping away from your God-appointed leader. If you do this, you may find yourself in the company of people like Barabbas. Don't do it. Your loyalty is important. Hmm. Your disloyalty is hurtful and destructive. So my friends, stick close to those whom God has put over you. Be faithful. To be unfaithful is a work of the flesh. But then Paul goes on and next mentions heresies. 
What in the world does the word heresies mean? In the New Testament, this word heresies has a meaning that is unique and used differently than in secular Greek literature of the first century. It carries the idea of a person or a group of people who are sectarian. The word sectarian refers to those who are close to outsiders and stay primarily to themselves and see themselves as an exclusive group. In today's contemporary language, we would call this a clique, a clique referring to a group of people who believe or conduct themselves as if they are exclusive. They give the impression that they are better, that they are more enlightened than those outside the group, or that they have a special assignment that they can't even reveal to anybody else. And that's why they keep outsiders on the outside and allow so few to have an inside peek at what they are doing. This word heresies carries the idea of a division or a faction. A division or a faction. This is very, very divisive. And because this was so destructive and disruptive to the early church, and because it didn't fall under the spiritual covering of church leadership, the Apostle Paul viewed it as a work of the flesh that was heretical, which means it was divisive to the church. Mm, that is amazing to me. And we have to understand that it's just the nature of flesh. This is a work of the flesh. The flesh loves to believe that it's better than anybody else. The flesh loves to deceive itself into believing that it's better, more spiritual, more enlightened than anybody else. It thrives on being puffed up, prideful and boastful. It enjoys thinking too highly of itself. And if allowed to do so, the flesh will separate into a faction, into a division, into a sect, into a clique. It will gravitate toward others whose flesh also wants to believe that they're better than others. And when all that flesh gets together in one place, they form a super elite spiritual group that no one else is allowed to get into. Paul viewed this as spiritual elitism, and he forbid it. He forbid it, and he said it was a horrible work of the flesh. Let me help you come back down to reality. Never lose sight of the fact that you are part of the whole body of Christ, and there's not the whole body of Christ over here and an elite group over here. God has not given you or anybody else a special revelation that causes you to be separated from the rest of the body of Christ. You are a member of the body of Christ, so act like it. Act like it. Don't let your flesh deceive you to think you're a member of a higher spiritual class. Tell your flesh to come back down to reality and get busy serving and loving other people in the church. But that's the nature of flesh. That's just the way that flesh behaves. But you do not have to walk in the flesh. That's why Paul told us in Galatians 5 verse 16, this I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Again, those words shall not in Greek are two negatives. The word ou, may. The word ou is an emphatic no. The word may also means no, but when you put the two words together, it means you absolutely will not, which means if you choose to step up onto the higher road and walk in the spirit and live in that realm, that word walk means to habitually live, habitually walk. You can live in the spirit 
habitually, it can become your realm of existence, you will pull the plug on the flesh. You will not in no wise fulfill the desires of the flesh. And again, the RIV of Galatians 5.16 is make the path of the Spirit the place where you habitually live and walk. Become so comfortable on this spiritual path that you learn to leisurely and peacefully stroll along in that realm. Living your life in this spiritual realm is the best way to guarantee that you will not allow the yearnings of your flesh to creep out and fulfill themselves. So my friend today, you have to make the choice to step up onto the high road, move out of the flesh, yield to the Spirit, become dominated by the Holy Spirit, and live and walk habitually in that realm. Paul says we can do it, which means we can do it. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. A life dominated by the flesh is a hard life. It is filled with excess, imbalance, extremity, laziness, self-abuse, hatred, strife, bitterness, irresponsibility, and neglect. The way of the flesh is the hardest route to take. But a life dominated by the Holy Spirit is filled with benefits and blessings. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Don't give way to the flesh and allow it to produce its ugly work in your life. In this series, The Work of the Flesh versus the Fruit of the Spirit, Rick Renner will show you how to identify the works of the flesh, how to stop yielding to the flesh, how to start yielding to the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit nonstop, how walking in the Spirit can become your realm of existence. This powerful 10-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $20. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. In these books, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate and uncompromising life with God in an easy-to-read devotional format. Each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies. Order Sparkling Gems Volume 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems Volume 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer. The series, The Work of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit and the books Sparkling Gems 1 and Sparkling Gems 2. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick and Denise Renner with our hard hats. Have to wear them. Because we're standing on our new land in Moscow where we're building the new TV studio. We built a big fence around this property and had to dig the ground out and then fill it with new soil. They've been leveling it. They've been putting in pipes and a French drain around the whole property. And very soon they're going to begin pouring the foundation for the new studio. And from this place, we're gonna film programs that are going to go into people's homes all over the world. They're crying out and they're saying, God, please send us teaching we can trust. And right from this place, can you imagine, Denise, in Russia, we're gonna be broadcasting the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. It is so exciting. Thank you so much for being a part of the giving team to make all of this happen. And at the same time, they're also getting ready to move into the new building in Tulsa. They're getting it all ready. Wow, it is so amazing what is happening simultaneously on both sides of the world. But friends, it's not about buildings, it's about people. We're doing our part to take the teaching of the Bible into people's homes all over the world. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, 21, 
the lips of the righteous feed many. That's our job. Our team is willing to do the work, but partners put financial fuel into the tank that enable us to do this amazing job. And thank you so much for being a partner. And if you're not yet a part of the giving team to make all of this happen, would you please pray about becoming part of the team to help us do this? We can do it. And together, we're really going to get it done. Oh, it's just so exciting to stand here on this ground, which was dedicated to the Lord. We laid hands on it, we consecrated it, we sanctified it, and now the building is going to begin to go up. And at the same time, we're moving into our new building in Tulsa and renovating it. It's amazing what can happen if everyone works together. And Denise, we could never do this by ourselves. But God has given us the most amazing partners. And because of you, we're able to do this. And I want you to know that when you're a partner with our ministry, we really mean it when we call you a partner and we're praying for you. And again, if you're not a part of the giving team yet, please pray about joining our giving team to cause this miracle here and the miracle in Tulsa to come to pass. And together, we're going to feed people the Word of God all over the planet. Thank you so much for being a part of this project. Well, we've had quite a week studying the works of the flesh. Next week, we're going to study the fruit of the Spirit. But I'm teaching a brand new series that I want you to have. It's 10 parts. It's called The Works of the Flesh versus The Fruit of the Spirit. The subtitle says, You Choose Death Permeated Works or Supernatural Life Giving Fruit. This week, we've been looking at the works of the flesh, and ugh, they are so ugly. I know you'd rather produce the fruit of the Spirit. You need to order this 10-part series and really get this teaching down deep inside you so you can identify the works of the flesh and choose to walk in the Spirit instead. And it is a choice. And my friend, you can live in the Spirit. That's what the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And by the way, this series comes with a wonderful study guide. So order these today. And remember that right now we're also offering you my daily devotionals called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one and number two. In each one of these, there are 1,000 Greek word studies. If you enjoy my programs, you will devour these daily devotionals and you don't have to read them all at once. It's a daily devotional. So you just read a little every day. And if you already have number one, then you can order number two. It doesn't matter which one you begin with. And right now we're also offering you our autobiography, which is called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. You can order it by going online or giving us a call. But right now we're offering it at a radical, radical discount. And please remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone that regularly gives into our ministry to help us take this teaching around the world, we'll immediately send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness and my book called Life in the Combat Zone. We give these to anyone that becomes a part of our partner family. And remember that if you need prayer, we're waiting to hear from you right now. Just call us now or send us your email. The moment we hear from you, 
We're going to release our faith for God to move mightily in your life. But Father, I pray right now for you to move mightily. Thank you that you've been with us all week. You're going to be with us all weekend. Father, we ask you to bless us, use us, work through us, and help us choose to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.